Well, we're going to read Man of the Family by Ralph Moody, University of Nebraska Press, 1951. Chapter 8, Picking Cherries on Stilts. Father, thank you for the opportunity to record and to um, to read this chapter while at White Sulphur Springs and enjoying the fellowship of men and women and children. And I um, thank you, Lord, for this body that you've lashed us up together with. And I pray you're glorified, Lord, as we uh, read and study and think together about what you've created us for. In Jesus' name, amen. Cherries and strawberries ripened soon after school let out for the summer. Most of the kids in Littleton liked to pick fruit, but a lot of them couldn't get jobs. They played too much, and they liked eating the fruit better than picking it. It was Sheriff McGrath who found us our first picking job. I was working in our own garden when the sheriff rode up the lane. He didn't get off his horse, but shouted to me across the fence, Thought you was working for Wilkie. How come you ain't over there? He isn't at home, Sheriff, I called back, and he didn't leave me any work to do. Ain't the home, the Sheriff bellowed. Where's he at? What's he a-paying you, anyhow? Five cents an hour, I told him, but I can't count on a regular week's pay because he gets drunk so much. By George, he ain't using you right, little britches, the Sheriff hollered. You're doing him a man's job, and he ought to give you a man's pay. Yes, by George, dollar a day. Why don't you quit him and go to picking cherries? Ernie Ballard's paying a quarter to, of the pick this year. He'll start he, Monday morning. You go see him, and I'll put a word in for you. Just then, Mother flipped the screen door open a few inches to shoo out a fly with her apron. I wouldn't have noticed it if her if Sheriff McGrath hadn't called. Morning, Ms. Mewdy. Fine morning, ain't it? Mother said it was lovely morning. Then she closed the door. She asked if, him if he'd noticed how nicely our tomatoes were doing. When the sheriff said, Now, ain't them purty, Ms. Moody, you sure have got a green thumb. His voice was almost as quiet as Mother's. She just said, Thank you, Mr. McGrath, and turned back from the door. The sheriff stayed and talked to me for another ten minutes, but Mother didn't come to the door again. Ernie Ballad was foreman on Gallup's Ranch. It was up on the hill east of town, and not far beyond where I had to go with my cookery route. I didn't get a chance to go up there until Saturday afternoon. Then, when we were in the middle of our delivery, I left Philip with the wagon while I ran over to see Ernie Ballard. I tried to get jobs for all of us, but I couldn't. Ernie said he didn't want any flock of little kids breaking down his trees and eating cherries for every one of them put in the box, but he let me try my hand because the sheriff said I was a steady worker. The last thing he told me was, Understand, I'll fire you the first time I catch you playing or breaking a tree. And bring along an old pair of scissors. I don't allow no pull picking. When we got home, Mother was as tickled about the picking job as I. Wasn't Mr. McGrath thoughtful to speak for you, she said. Just think how nice it will be to have cherry pies in the middle of next winter. I'll make a bargain with all you children right now. For every bit of fruit you bring home this summer and sugar to go with it, I'll find jars somewhere and can it for next winter. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have a whole cellar full of canned fruit for the winter? Why, it would just be like the days on the farm when I was a little girl. Everybody liked Mother's bargain, but the others weren't very happy about the cherry-picking business. I guess they didn't believe me when I said I'd try to get jobs for the rest of them. Grace was the only one who got peeved about it, though. She said I was as clumsy with a pair of scissors as a hen in a duck pond, and picking fruit was girls' work anyway. 
Mother kind of sided with, in with her, too. She said it was a shame Grace couldn't have a day or two outdoor picking fruit instead of being cooped up in a hot kitchen. But maybe her chance would come when strawberries, strawberries were ripe. I didn't do too well my first day at Gallup's. I wasn't tall enough to reach many cherries from the ground, and all the ladders were too heavy for me to move around. It wasn't that they were so heavy either, but they were too tall. And unless I was real careful, they toppled over when I went to move them. And Grace was right about the scissors. Long before noon, I had all the skin worn off my left thumb. Scissors never did work with my right hand. I only picked six boxes of cherries all day, and some of the older girls picked as many as a dozen. Mother bandaged my thumb as soon as I came home from work. Then she cut all but the thumb and forefinger out of the, one of her old kid gloves so I'd be able to wear it the next day. After I went to bed, I figured out what to do about the ladders. When we lived on the ranch, Father made stilts for Grace and me, and we got so we could walk almost as well with them as without hand, uh, with them as without them. At first, I thought I could make myself a pair of stilts like those to pick cherries from. But the more I thought about it, the surer I was it wouldn't work. We had always used both hands to hold the stilts up, and I couldn't pick cherries without my hands. Then the answer came in a flash after I'd stopped trying to think about it. The next morning, I was up by half past four. I had to wake Mother, too, because I needed the key to Father's tool chest. At first, she told me to go back to bed and get my rest. But I think she could see I wouldn't go to sleep anyway. So she got up and gave me the key, and she let me have Father's old black belt. It wasn't too hard to make the stilts after I'd found a two-by-two. Two. I had to take one of the roosts out of the hen house. It was a good long one, about 14 feet, and it sagged in the middle. But it wasn't. But that wasn't. That was so much the better. When I sawed it half in half, it made the uprights a little bow-legged. I nailed the top. I nailed the belt to the top end so I could buckle it around my chest. Spiked on footrests with leather toe loops and tacked on straps I could fasten above my knees. After half an hour's practice, I could walk with them pretty well. Ernie Ballard didn't like the idea of my stilts at first. He was standing by the gate when I got to Gallops and told me that he didn't want any monkey shines. But he let me take them into the orchard. I had to, before he let me take them into the orchard, I had to show I had to put them on and show him how well I could walk on them and how I could high I could reach. He liked it when I told him that most of the trees were broken from moving the ladders and that with my stilts I wouldn't need the ladder. So he let me try using them to pick cherries. They worked all right. The glove mother made me work fine too. I picked 14 boxes of cherries that day and didn't break a single limb. All the cherry pickers were a lot older than I and a good many of them were grown men and women. But more than half of them wanted to try my stilts. Of course, I couldn't let them do it while I was working. So I said it, that anybody who wanted to could try them at noon. At least a dozen of them tried and took some terrible spills. After one of the older boys nearly broke his arm, Ernie Ballard wouldn't let them try anymore. But that night when I was ready to leave, he said, Any other of you kids at home that can walk on stilts as good as you can? I said, Sure. Grace could always walk better than, on them than I, and she's a lot faster with a pair of scissors, too. She helps mother with sewing all the time. He nodded over toward where some of the laddies were getting their things together and said, Some of these old biddies ain't too good. Bring your sister along with you in the morning. I can't bring her tomorrow, I told him. She has to help mother with the cooking, and I'll only be able to pick till about 11 o'clock myself. Philip and I have to take the cookery stuff around tomorrow afternoon. Well, how about Thursday morning? Sure, I said, and I could bring Philip and Muriel and Philip, too. They'd both be able to walk all right on stilts. Neither of them had ever tried stilts.
but I knew I could teach them how before Thursday morning came. Ernie just squinted up his eye at me a little and asked, How old are these kids? I didn't want to tell him in years, so I said, They're both old enough to pick cherries and Phil's bigger than I am. He weighs two pounds more. Ernie just grinned and slapped me on the shoulder. Well, we'll give Grace a whirl at it first. If she works out all right, I'll think about the other two. Is that fair enough? I told him it was and ran most of the way home to tell them. Mother wouldn't let me take the other roost out of the hen house, so we had to buy three two-by-twos at the lumberyard. They weren't very straight ones, and they cost 75 cents, but Mother said it was an investment that would pay good dividends in cherries. It did, too. I made gray stilts the same size as mine, and she didn't have to practice any more than I did before she could use them fine. But Philip and Muriel might just as well have been trying to walk on a couple of telephone poles. Of course, I had to make stilts for them, too, but theirs couldn't be nearly so tall. Grace was better at most everything than I, except horses. Even her first day, she picked 16 boxes of cherries to my 15. Friday night, Ernie Ballard said that we could bring Philip and Muriel with us on Monday, but we'd have to promise not to get sore if he didn't keep them. He did, though, and they could each pick 8 or 10 boxes a day. We all worked together, one tree at a time, and we didn't leave it until we had the very last cherry. So Ernie Ballard kept us till the very last. Grace and I picked from the higher limbs, while Muriel and Philip picked from the lower ones. Then all together, we'd move the ladder around so I could go up and clean the very top of the tree. We got paid a quarter of the pick, the way the sheriff said we would, but not a quarter of all we picked. The way it worked was that after we'd picked four boxes for Ernie, we could pick one for ourselves. We planned to leave all our picking for the last so that Grace would be at home to help Mother with the canning after the picking was finished. But we were all so busy with the picking that we didn't pay, notice there wasn't enough fruit left on the tree to pay us. Mr. Gallup was a smart man, and it didn't take him two minutes to get it us all straightened out. Ernie was looking at the little book where he always wrote down the day's picking. He had added our number of boxes up twice and was going over it again when Mr. Gallup said, Well, Ernie, what seems to be the trouble? Can't you fellows get together? I must be wrong someplace, Mr. Gallup, Ernie said. I have I get 408 boxes, but them kids couldn't have picked that many. The devil they couldn't, Mr. Gallup said. Didn't you tell me they were hitting about 50 boxes a day? Well, yes, Ernie told him, but Wednesdays and Saturdays, the oldest girl laid off all in the mornings and the boys in the afternoons. None of them worked at all on Sundays. So, Mr. Gallup said, five days a week, two weeks, 50 boxes a day, 408 sounds reasonable enough to me. Well, Mr. Gallup, Ernie said, there ain't more than 40 boxes left on all the trees. Where are they going to pick their share? Mr. Gallup laughed. You don't think their mother wants them lugging home 100 boxes of cherries, do you? Then he turned around to me and asked, wouldn't you rather have cash than cherries? Well, I guess it would depend on how much cash, I said. That ought to be easy. Let's see. I get six bits a box, FOB, Denver. Take off a fifth for picking. That's 15 cents. Then there's packing. There's box, packing, and hauling. That's a dime for that. Tell you what I'll do. I'll give you a check for $50, and if you finish out the orchard, you can have 10 boxes to take home to your mother. How's that? At first, I thought I'd have to go and get Grace to help me with the arithmetic, but when he said $50, I just hollered, that would be fine, even before I thought about arithmetic. I thought Mother was all going all the pieces when we brought the check home. We let Philip and Muriel draw straws to see which one would give it to her, because neither of them had ever earned any money before. Muriel won. It was after dark when we got home. We had worked as late as we could, see, so as to finish the orchard. And Mother had worried a good deal about us. She must have heard our feet on the boardwalk uh, to the back 
door. Just as we came up the steps, she flung the door open, and her voice was pretty sharp when she said, Where in the world have you children been till this hour of the night? I was nearly worried to death, and duck legs has been lowing to be milked for the last hour. Muriel went running up the steps, flapping the check in her hand and squealing, Look what we got, Mother. Look what we got. Fifty dollars, and it's all our own. We're going to get cherries, too. For about half a minute, Mud looked as though she was going to fall down. Her mouth came partway open, and she teetered a little, as if she was dizzy. Then she put both hands over her face and began to laugh and cry all at the same time. Grace got her to sit down in a chair by the table, but Mother couldn't hold her hand still, as she couldn't stop laughing and crying. It must have been at least five minutes before she could say anything. It seemed like an hour, and Grace had to put a cold towel on her forehead. She was still catching her breath every two or three words when she said, Oh, my children, you don't know what a load this takes off my mind. I was so afraid of what's coming, but now we're all right. Now I know God has taken care of us. We're always going to be all right. Then she said, Father must be proud, proud of the ways children are taking care of their mother. She took her hands down from her face, smiled, and drew us all in so close to her. This is what we'll do. We'll all go down to the village in the morning and put this, mo- this right in the savings bank. Won't it be wonderful to have money in the bank that we don't owe to anyone? Strawberries followed right after the cherries, and I didn't have to ask Ernie Ballard if Muriel and Philip could pick. He wanted them, too. Mr. Gallup had more than 10 acres of strawberries, and being up on the hill, they ripened earlier than any others around town. We were the first pickers that Ernie started, and we made the last picking of the season. We always liked to work at Gallup's better than anywhere else because he paid in cash instead of berries, and we got more berries than Mother could can. Uh, and we got more berries than Mother could can from other places where we picked. Almost everybody gave a quarter of their pick for strawberries, the same as they did for cherries, but Mr. Gallup paid us two cents a quart. Grace was the best picker in any of the fields, and I could do pretty well. We couldn't quite make quite so much money a day on strawberries as we did on cherries, and it was a lot harder work, but the strawberries lasted longer. At first, we all thought our backs would break from bending over, and before Ernie showed us how to make pads out of gunny sacks, we wore all the skin off our knees. Mr. Gallup paid us every week during the strawberry season, and whenever we got in a full week, the check would be for 21 or $22. Mother didn't go with us anymore, but we children all went together every time we put a check in the bank. Really cool story. Hard work, uh, but what a blessing to mom and the family. I love you.